0: So keep that in mind. Yeah. Hey, forget I asked. (laughs)
1: That'll definitely do.
0: do. Join the discord.
1: It was the least fun I've ever had playing this
0: game. A small, but vibrant and extremely humble community. No, I've seen the sleeves,
1: but I'm like, you said you're suiting up and then you put your sleeve on. You for saying that. Because I'm a demon on the keys. Next thing I know, we're both dead. I immediately left the lobby in
0: Vietnam.
1: What are they playing for? Are they playing to win? (laughs) Stay
0: humble. Stay humble. Mm Tanner drop shot, beans on okay. toast actually sounds good. Okay. Now, I know this this wasn't technically said in chat, but it was said verbally on the broadcast in the pre-show and I muted him, right? Cuz I did not I was not about to hear that. It's too <laughs> early for me to give for me to hear your hot takes on beans on toast. Okay. Doesn't sound good. It's too early. I don't have the patience right now, dude. I'm still waking up. I'm still trying to get in my groove. So I just can't do it. So, <laughs> okay. Anyway, welcome to the drop shot episode 109. My name is Casey, also known as Razanon. We are doing our special edition afternoon broadcast. Yeah, episode 109. Casey, Razanon, we're streaming this episode. We're recording this live at 12 p.m., 1226 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, as a little fucking treat to our uh, European uh, listeners so they can they can get in live every once in a while. We, might, we may or may not be having more things in this vein coming up, but th- we'll yeah, table we'll, that. We'll get into it. We'll get into that for sure. So I am joined, as always... By my good friend Tanner. Now Tanner I think I'm ready. Why don't you tell us about beans and toast. Or on toast or inside toast. Uh, nothing, or infused in toast or whatever the fuck.
1: <laughs> there's nothing to tell you. It just it looks pretty good. Let's pull up a picture of like a good. British breakfast. Okay. I mean it just. It's just a large plate of food. It looks good. Well, Let's see what they got here. Don't they usually have like mushrooms too?
0: You don't think this looks good?
1: Hold on a second.
0: Honestly, no cap. Hold
1: on a second. Copy image.
0: Cuz I think they use like baked beans, but it's in like tomato sauce. Everyone in chat, look at
1: that picture. That looks like a good breakfast. Come on. Let look me at pull that. it up.
0: Let me pull it up. Let me pull it up.
1: That's a British breakfast right there.
0: <laughs> okay. Don't say that again, but No. Uh, let's pull it up here. That Ooh, fuck. That doesn't look bad.
1: Yeah. Right. That doesn't look bad. Like think of putting those beans on that baguette.
0: Yeah. When I hear beans on toast, I think of like barbecue baked beans. You're thinking barbecue. You're thinking of
1: hickory smoked brown sugar and bourbon bushes baked beans. Yes. On a piece of Wonder Bread. I think because you're a the, stupid American and you're fucking dumb. That's of course. And you're true. white and you're stupid.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Because I think what they do is they do beans with like tomato, like sauce, and that sounds pretty good. It sounds breakfasty.
1: Tomato sounds breakfast-y. is a
0: breakfast vegetable or fruit, depending on who you ask. Anyways, uh, today's episode is not about uh, you know the average British breakfast. It is about Warzone. But before we get into that. A couple announcements. Uh, First of all, welcome to our new gold patrons, the brown note and Gandalf's toe. Okay, I actually am not mad at that. Uh, I appreciate it, boys. Thank you. Welcome. And welcome to our new Damascus patrons, Daniel L. and Mike T. Now, Mike T., you know who the fuck you are. Change your last name. What is that? This What's might, wrong with that last name? It's I don't like it. I've never it's heard good, this before.
1: I haven't heard of it either. He, Let's see, not put he strikes
0: the me letter into a name, right? He strikes Stop me it. as a British lad, right? That that I'm sounds like a British, British vibes, last name. Sure. Yeah, yeah. This is a British vibe, and we're referring, of course, to Mike. Yeah. So, Mike, yeah. change your last name, but welcome. <laughs> Uh, to, to to you guys, our new Damascus patrons, much appreciated. And we got some upgraders as well. Uh, again, big brain individuals. Trent, See, they joined the Patreon at, at the gold tier, and they said, I want more. I want more. I loved this Patreon content so goddamn much that I'm upgrading, right? Three people in the past, what, four days? What does that tell you? What does that communicate to those of you who are not patrons at all? Patreon.com slash the drop shot. Trenton N, Joe Flo 79, Joe Flo the casual, of course, and Princess Leia upgrading from gold to Damascus, dude. We love to fucking see that, of course. Patreon.com slash the drop shot for bonus EPS a month, hangouts, more. We'll get into it in momentarily. Uh, also, hold on one second. Gum on a podcast is not the vibe. It's yeah, what the, the fuck are you doing? It's caffeine gum. I want to just suck the nectar out of it. Before. How
1: old are you?
0: Just what is wrong with you, out of it, dude?
1: It's- Drink coffee like an adult.
0: Yeah, but it's easier to just open a pack of gum.
1: You're fucking weird.
0: I'm lazy. It's not weird. Are you like it's a... lazy, right? God, I'm lazy.
1: You sound like a nicotine addict to me. I think that's well, really what the gum is. caffeine gum has
0: nothing to do with nicotine, I think that's right? really
1: what the so, gum is. It's not caffeine gum. It's
0: actually military energy gum. I role play as a Call of Duty special operator in Verdansk, so I get military energy gum, right? Yeah. And it's okay. got uh, caffeine in it, so... Okay. Anyway, not not the best start we've ever had. Uh, Zeocam also gave us a little offline love. little offline support. A little bit, huh? A little bit. And uh, he donated an amount of United States dollars to the program, of course. By the way, we only have four days. Uh, we I'll get it. Okay. We have four days left for you to be listed as a founder on the website. And then we're going to remove the website fund thing, and that's that. Now, we won't stop accepting donations. That's not stopping in four days, <laughs> obviously. That's, of course, not stopping. What we are doing, though, is we're we're not listing anyone as founders. Unless they get in their contributions in the next four days. Probably three days, for those of you who aren't live who are listening to this broadcast, of course. So, anyways, with that in mind, CEO Cam... Put my dumb name on the damn website," he said, and he attached a fucking one hundred United States dollar donation. Dude. Let's go, absolutely go, dude. Zocam, I know this was like eight weeks ago. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, we haven't gotten to it until now, but this is the this is the first time we're doing an official broadcast after your uh, your very generous contribution. So, uh, Zocam. Long time listener, long time supporter We love him, we appreciate him And 100 United States dollars Is a lot of scratch As the kids would say uh, To to this program So we will in fact put your dumb name On the damn website We'll get into that uh, There is no website, I'm kidding uh, uh, but Yeah, we'll put your name on the website We really appreciate it, Zio That's a lot of money for real uh, Thank you very much dude You have indeed secured your spot as a founder also the Grizz 91 with absolutely no message attached donated one hundred fucking 11 <laughs> United States dollars dude absolutely insane disgusting really uh with no, again with no message attached no message attached whatsoever uh but what I think it would say is this is the best production I've ever listened to or heard, and I will be giving you all the money I possibly can. And here is a a a starting contribution, an inaugural uh, contribution. It's early, guys. I'm warming up. the Grizz ninety one, hundred and eleven bucks. really appreciate that dude. Thank you very Let's go. much, brother. We will also be listing you, of course, as a founder on the website. Now, speaking of the website, Grizz, Zio, really, thank you, boys, again. Uh, that's a lot of money, for real, and it means a lot, boys, so thank you. Uh, speaking of the website, they are working on it at, the, at, at this time. I don't have a timetable yet, but uh, I have it on good authority that they are uh, working hard on it. They're doing the coding and shit. I don't know how to make a website, so I can't tell you what they're doing, but they're working on it in some capacity. Capacity, I think he said in about a week, who said in
1: about a week, I think he said, no, no, no. He said in in about a week, he would have a solid timetable for us. He thought, okay, so that should be coming soon. So maybe by Saturday's episode, we'll have uh, some more info on that. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. 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 So, uh, we're definitely going to keep you guys posted on the website. Uh, uh, again four more days for the, the fundraiser we'll always accept funds of course but this is just for the founders thing um, and if you're getting impatient about the website impatient about merch you none of you want the website more than we do okay yeah. <laughs> Like, actually so calm down I'm doing as much as I can to get this thing up and running as soon as possible
1: has anyone been impatient about it? I don't. Yes. I haven't seen any. Oh, really? Yes. all of them. I've, I've never all seen of it, you. So. Every
0: all seventy five
1: people here. I wouldn't say that. I would just say they're probably excited for it. Okay, I wouldn't a, say they're being impatient.
0: Well, maybe that's You're perhaps the impatient true. one. That's of course true. Whatever. The website is underway. We will we will keep you guys as updated as as we know. So if you cool. if we learn something, you guys will learn. Uh, and also. We've got some very fun and exciting announcements coming up shortly before the end of February. In fact, Uh, the patrons will hear it first. Oh, end of February. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. The patrons will hear it first, by the way. So here's what's going to happen. Patreon.com slash the drop shot. Of course, we have two more bonus episodes for the month of February. Our next episode is going to be on fire team in Cold War. Tanner and I played a couple hours of Fireteam last night. Uh, Initial impressions, more fun than we expected to have.
1: Yeah, it was a vibe for sure.
0: Yeah, so our next Patreon episode is going to be kind of reviewing the mode itself, but perhaps more importantly, talking about how we think the Fireteam maps would play if they were instead the new Warzone map. Uh, That's like one of the big reasons we played Fireteam. So we played all three maps multiple times, uh, we have our opinions on those. We can talk about them. So we're going to talk about, again, the mode itself. Has Cold War improved since launch? Has the hit reg, etc.? We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about, let's let's pretend that all three of these maps were combined into a new Warzone map, which is the prevailing rumor theory on the next Warzone map. Uh, how would that play? That's going to be the topic of our next Patreon episode. After that... We've got some fun and exciting announcements. We'll put it that way. And uh, again, the patrons will be the first to hear it before the peasants uh, do. (laughs) So if you're a peasant, patreon.com slash the drop shot. Stop it. Uh, You'll learn eventually, but the patrons will learn first. And I'm very excited for episode four for the month of February. Are you you excited for... uh, episode four for the month of february
1: i'm excited i'm excited for both of these uh two remaining episodes actually yes a lot of good content coming we'll be recording those on yeah thursday in a couple days and then they'll be posted by the end of the month so they're going to be some exciting episodes for sure lot to look forward to a lot of stuff happening a lot of a lot of moving parts as the kids say right true lots of moving
0: so. parts actually yes actually a lot of moving parts uh, and then, yeah. Also, we are looking at the Patreon. And we are going to shortly be doing a little fucking revamp, dude. little overhaul. Uh, we won't be taking anything away. We're just going to be adding things. We are like... We're pretty much certain that we already have the plan. But we're going to hold off on getting into details. Uh, until probably... The fourth Patreon episode of this month, and then we'll announce it again to everyone else a little later. So that's going to be good. You guys should be excited for that. Uh, it's just going to be more content at the same cost to you because we believe in providing value to 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 our very very generous uh, listeners. Yeah. So so that is that. Um, and I think that is just about it. Tanner, do you have any other announcements?
1: I do have one announcement. Um, This is not an all about Warzone episode. This is all about Fireteam. You guys have all been tricked, so fuck you. (laughs) Just kidding, of course. It's all about Warzone.
0: It is all about Warzone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for the Fireteam episode, actually. And also, there are some people in Discord who play Cold War and don't really like Warzone that much, so... It'll be interesting to get their perspective yeah. on how we felt about Fire Team. I wonder yeah, how Jake many people... was telling me how excited he was for this episode too. Yeah, yeah, Jacob was genuinely excited. This is gonna be yeah. a good. This is gonna be a good up. But uh, but yeah, we're those are those are those things. So, uh, real quick, uh, Santoria oh nine New Frog, uh, is coming in hot five gifted subs and five hundred fucking bits, dude. Let's go. Santeria Oh nine Welcome back dude I appreciate that Are you Do you live in Long Beach, California And is Sublime your favorite band Just curious Santeria Thank you very much dude For the five gifted subs lot of scratch A lot of support And the 500 bits dude Thank you man That's uh That's very generous And uh Especially for a new frog Quite new frog This is like his second time here live but we Damn. notice you, we appreciate you uh, For real, thanks for the support dude, it means a lot All of you guys, lots of support tonight Thank you for the love And without further ado, if you were listening for the fucking jingle
1: Here it is Here comes a two minute jingle Stay mad It's so fucking long and stupid Let's check the analytics We probably lose half of the listeners on the the apps when uh, this is played
0: I think maybe the play is to kind of talk while it's going on, just bullshit so people aren't totally bored and they can still skip it I don't know we'll figure it out though, you know the vibes anyways, I had to blow my nose anyway It's good for me to get my fucking bearings, dude. Okay? This is a well-oiled machine, and it requires meticulous care and attention to detail. Okay? It's not like you're blowing your nose. It's a well-oiled machine. Yeah, it was blowing it. That's what I said. Okay. You weren't listening.
1: Fucking. I don't listen to you ever. Yeah. Don't
0: (laughs) care. All right. So, first up, we would be talking about playlist updates, but there are none, because Season 2 is coming out, like, super shortly. Uh tomorrow's going to be a barn burner of an episode too, by the way, it's a nice stretch. Yeah. it to be a barn burner, dude, a barn burner. But anyways, yeah. whatever, no playlist updates as of yet. Uh, we'll probably have some for you tomorrow. Uh, and now the topic of today's episode, all about Warzone part two. Now we've talked about this before. We've been talking about doing this episode again for literally like four to five months, actually. Because there is, of course, in the 20s, I think, episodes of this program, uh, an episode titled All About Warzone. It is won, not only is it award-winning, it's multi-award winning. I mean, it's won multiple awards, right? A fantastic broadcast, uh, a, a great production, for sure. And I think it's our most popular episode ever, actually. Yeah. If not, it's in the top five, top three Uh, So, real popular, really well-received, highly critically acclaimed. Uh, And we've been talking about wanting to do a sequel to it for a long time, and that's what we're going to do now. Uh, So, this is going to be structured differently than it was last time, but we're going to still hit a lot of the same topics. It's just going to be like updated info now. Uh, So... Also, full disclosure, this might be part one of two. Uh, We might stop this episode somewhere. There's three natural, two natural breaking points. We might stop at one of those and then finish on Saturday. It depends how long this takes because this is chocked full of information. So just keep that in mind. But of course, there are timestamps in the show notes or in the YouTube video description. So you can skip to wherever you want to go. I will meticulously detail those things. Uh, But if it says one out of two on the title, then it is in fact a two-part broadcast. Might not be though. But anyways, let's start. This will be a bifurcated program where we talk about two different strategies for playing in Verdansk. Before we get into contrasting those we have a list of like general rules of thumb that will apply to everyone in Verdansk, regardless of their strategy. So later on, we're going to be talking about like the rushing strategy. We're going to talk class setups for this, how to play early game, mid game, and late game, what to look out for, what to do, etc. And then we're going to do the same structure with respect to the recon strategy. And these are roughly the two different strategies you can employ in Warzone to uh, to do well. Uh, and they have some overlap, but they have some very stark differences as well. So we're going to kind of go through all of that shit, including class setups, uh, again, including early game, mid game, late game strats. We're going to get into all of that. And that's going to be like two separate topics, obviously, depending on the strategy. But before that this is just a list in no particular order of, of things that regardless of your strategy you need to keep the fuck in mind okay <laughs> just keep these things in mind so this list right here again in no particular order but these are all things I don't care who you are or what you're doing even if you're playing plunder you need to t- keep these things in mind here are some tips that you might not know about so let me take a giant gulp of water. Hold on. Some of this is going
1: to be like very basic common knowledge, but there will be people out there that didn't know this. So that's why we're putting certain things in here, by the way. A lot of you guys would be like, oh, who didn't know that? But believe me, there will be somebody that listens to this. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that.
0: And also, I I swear to God, I literally guarantee that there are fewer than 10 people will who will have known all of these things. Yeah. Tanner didn't know some of this shit. I knew all of well, it because I have a giant brain. Okay. You didn't know about the trophy. Well, you don't have a job. You all you trophy. do is watch streams all day. That's of course You true. don't have a job. Yes, correct. So I will I will watch hours of It's Iron broadcasts for your guys' <laughs> benefit. And that's why you subscribe to the podcast. So let's get into it. Okay, let's get into it. I, I want you to comment down below. This is a YouTube plug right here. Comment down below. Which of these things you did not know, okay? Random tips and tricks. Number one, this one is gonna be the most common knowledge probably. Regardless of your play style, there are a few general guidelines that you should follow when adding attachments to your weapons. And here are some general weapon setups. So again, this shit is pretty straightforward, honestly. Um, And I'm gonna link all of these immigrant albums in the show notes so that you guys can use them for reference. Along with pictures, I wrote descriptions underneath each image so that you understand why there's a picture of that particular thing on your screen. Okay. First of all, general assault rifle build. When your AR is the longest range weapon. So you're basically going to have two AR builds. One AR is going to be when it's your primary. And then another AR build... That is going to be Used When you're also sniping So if you have a sniper AR Your AR looks a little different Than if you have AR submachine gun The build For every Modern Warfare assault rifle Is actually the same Not everyone But most of them I fucking hate this dog shit computer Sorry (laughs) Okay So Monolithic suppressor Always Longest barrel available Commando foregrip extended mags in a vlk 3.0 this is if you don't know what attachments to put on your gun do this long barrel mono suppressor vlk 3.0 commando extended mags that's probably correct
1: probably for 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 almost every
0: modern warfare ar this is how you'll build it there are some notable exceptions but if you build any ar like this it'll be fine and it'll be serviceable. It'll be for serviceable sure. for sure. Yeah. So, so that's thing number one. Here's the general SMG build for Modern Warfare SMGs. The thing about Modern Warfare is the hip fire is disgusting. So you're going to capitalize on that. 5-milliwatt laser, Merc foregrip, maximum hip fire cheese, extended mags, long barrel, mono suppressor. I use an MP7, not because it's particularly good, because it isn't, but because it has... Uh, Like the MP5 has an integrated Barrel and that would be needlessly complicating The general build so there you go Uh, Also MP7 is
1: also a great medium range SMG by the way it I is mean, now, now that the MAC-10 is in the game It's exactly. far less serviceable But it's it's a good SMG to mix in If you get bored of using other weapons
0: Yeah I think the MAC-10 is just better than, It does what an MP7 does and it just does it Better Uh, But anyways that's the general SMB SMG build, and then here's the general AR build when it is a companion to a sniper rifle. Basically the same thing, except you swap the VLK for a hollow. You don't have to use the APX5 hollow sight. Don't Almost use a no matter of it. fact.
1: Nobody likes it. Yeah. It has the
0: thinnest bezel, so it's of course the best hollow sight. But most okay. people use the Corp Combat hollow. But then everything else is the same. Monosuppressor, suppressor, long barrel, commando foregrip, extended mags, and then a hollow instead of a VLK. Uh, And then I just also included some of the most popular weapons in Warzone right now and what their optimal class setups are. So I'm not going to read all these attachments to you, but we have a car build. We've got the HDR setup. We have some details, by the way. Cod Champs 2020 or Oceanographer Blueprint are what you want on the HDR because they have a thin bezel and you can see your peripheral vision pay to win. Yeah, Hashtag big pay to difference,
1: win. Big difference actually. truly big
0: difference, yeah. And that's in the immigrant description, so you don't have to worry about remembering that. The M16 setup, this is updated as of like today. This is the optimal build right now. And then a Hipfire optimized Mac 10, which I prefer, and I also included an ADS optimized Mac 10, which is what Tanner and most people use. Uh, yeah. These are both in here. We've got the FFAR setup. And then uh, the dub mp5 setup which is still i think the best smg in the game besides maybe a mac 10
1: i don't yeah it, but it even depends debatable yeah well i mean the ffar is technically
0: the best smg that's the best SMG, better than all of course. them so yeah, that's of course true so anyways yeah so that immigrant album and all of the immigrant albums we reference will be in the show notes uh and the, again they have descriptions so you can just take a look but uh yeah Number 1, every custom weapon should have a mono suppressor or the Cold War equivalent is one of its attachments. And the Cold War equivalent to a monolithic suppressor will always be the very latest one unlocked. So sometimes it's called GRU GRU suppressor, sometimes it's called agency suppressor. Always use it. And then again, yeah, most attachment setups regardless of the gun are basically identical for modern warfare weapons. For Cold War weapons, they're such a shit show that it's like different for everything which is why I included some uh, but for MW it's like every gun you set it up the same. So that's yeah. why I included the general build. All right. Now we're getting a little more niche. Some of you may not know this or have never done this. You should have an emergency late game class setup. Okay? And I've I've I'm showing the class here. This will be your one and only loadout in these situations. And then you can swap the lethal, you can swap the tack. So this is the loadout you pick up when your teammate reses you and only you in fours and then immediately gets shit on at the buy station and you're the only one alive with no money and it's the fifth circle and you're trying to hot drop on your last loadout that you're ever going to get. Because there's not a chance in fucking hell you're going to get $10,000 for your own loadout. (laughs) And further, you're absolutely not going to be able to pick it up. Because everyone will shit on you if you throw it. This is that setup. This is the danger, the emergency, the panic setup. Okay? You need this. You're not going to use it super often. But you will use it. Tanner and I used it last night. And it actually got us from fifth place to like second. But unfortunately, we were in a 2v4, so we couldn't ultimately pull out the dub. But I used this literally last night. Not often, but you need the oh shit setup. What is the oh shit setup? It's an assault rifle that is built the same way as your regular AR, except you're going to remove the optic and put on fully loaded because you're not looting shit. Yeah. You're not going to go loot ammo. You need to have ammo right off the rip. So you get an AR, you throw off the optic, put on fully loaded, and then you're gonna get a pistol. Doesn't really matter what pistol, put fully loaded on that as well. And that's just in case you find an SMG somewhere, you'll have full ammo for it. So that's why you do that, uh, and also because keep in mind too these
1: these need to be modern warfare weapons here. Yes, to do to get fully loaded, these have to be modern warfare weapons. So, use whichever gun you prefer. it really doesn't matter too much. Whatever AR you're comfortable with. Um, you're just you're basically doing it to get full ammo.
0: Yes, yeah. So you're gonna get an MWAR AR because it has that perk attachment category called fully loaded, which gives you full ammo. Uh, and then again, uh, you want to have ghost because again, you might be in a one v four v four v four situation. You don't want to be on heartbeat sensors or UAVs. That's why we're not running Overkill here. We're running Ghost so that you can rat it up and hopefully just third party like the last guy and win. Yeah. Uh, so EOD, Ghost, Amped. Uh, Ghost is non-negotiable. EOD, I would say, is also probably non-negotiable. Amped is negotiable, but there's nothing else really worth running. Uh, so that is that. Uh, You can swap the lethal for a Semtex And then the tactical you can pick up Like a heartbeat or a smoke Which might be worth running Uh, But that is that Um, And then yeah here's the primary build Again we swapped out the optic And then picked up perk fully loaded And everything else is the same Uh, And then here's The pistol build Make sure it has a silencer Make sure it also has fully loaded Uh, Don't go akimbo Because then you can't get fully loaded because you can only have one weapon perk so that's that's that you need an oh shit class setup and by (laughs) the way what I've done for my oh shit class setup if you guys can take a look at my custom name here it has exclamation points in front of it and behind it this is when my my heart rate is fucking 190 and I'm panicking like shit and I can't read I just look for exclamation points this is the panic class like oh just click on the exclamation points and then fucking run Consider doing that. Consider doing something like that. It helps. Actually, it helps. Unironically, unless you're taking beta blockers and you don't have whatever uh, nerves or something. But you should have that emergency okay. late game class set up. Do you have one of these set up, Tanner, or are you dumb? I am dumb. Cool. I haven't set one up yet. You should. You know, what would have been just, cool. If I'm always a live late game place.
1: though. Which yeah, which game are you talking about? I'm trying to remember which game that was. We Two versus four. Where were in
0: we? The hangar south of Boneyard. We were ratting in that building.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah I had yeah. this setup that game. And I had, had no ammo because I didn't barely. have the setup.
0: I walked to the loadout. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Well, what I did was I dropped in, I looted a little bit before I got to the loadout box, and then I dropped all my AR and all my pistol ammo. And then I picked up my fully loaded class. So it was auto replenished. So I gave you some AR. Yeah. Another benefit of having that, by the way. So anyways. Next little tip. Have a square mini map. You can go into your options. By default, the game's mini map is a circle. Change it to a square. Now you might say, I prefer the circle. I would say, cool. It also shows like 60% less of the map than a square mini map. The square mini-map covers more ground. You will see more information on it. It is strictly better. Period. I don't care if you prefer circles. This isn't kindergarten. Put the square (laughs) mini-map on. You get more information. It's a bigger mini-map. It's strictly better. It's somewhere in your options. Turn on square mini-map.
1: Yeah, that's one of those where probably almost everyone knows this, but there are people. I've gone to streams and watched people play, and they have the circle mini-map, and I'm like, oh, man, this person really... This person really does not know, huh? Yeah. So, true. It's a, that's, a, that's a beginner tip right there.
0: Kind of, yeah. A lot of people don't know it, though, actually. I would say. Anyways, whatever, now you know. Turn on the square mini-map. Uh, also, while you're in the options, turn off auto-deploy parachute. Here's one of two things Tanner didn't know, right? Here's one of two things Tanner didn't know. By default in Warzone, there is an option that's called, like, auto-deploy parachute. And what this means is, if you're falling and you're close to the ground, your character will automatically deploy his parachute. Now, you might be thinking, that's good. This way, I'll never break my legs. Wrong. Because what you want to do, the auto-deploy happens pretty early. And if you're trying to land on the ground before everyone else, you want to pull your chute as late as fucking possible. And that lateness is far after the auto-deploy would go off. So if you have auto-deploy on and I don't, I will land before you. Because I'm going to deploy my parachute super late and then I'll be on the ground before you, I'll pick up the ground patrol on the ground, and then I'll fuck you while you're floating in from your auto-deploy. So turn this setting off and uh, you can drop faster this way. It's not good to have this on. It's not good. So do that also drop ammo and armor before using a box if you'll be in that area for more than i would say a minute so there are munitions boxes the field upgrades there are also armor boxes what you want to do is if you're going to be like let's say you're like in a building and you plan on being there for a minute or more before you use the munitions box Drop all of your primary weapon ammo Drop all of your secondary weapon ammo And then use the ammo box Because it's going to totally fill your ammo This way you can shoot a bunch But you still have the ammo you dropped From before you used the Muni In the house Or whatever This is just strictly giving you more ammo Yep If you're not going to be there for long Don't do this Because then you're just giving other people ammo
1: leaving a bunch of ammo yeah Yeah. so if
0: you're dropping a muni and you're like immediately leaving and never coming back then don't do it but if you're going to be here for I would say longer than a minute maybe even 30 seconds then drop the ammo Uh, and then exact same principle with the armor box drop all your plates then use the armor box and you now just like you know uh, created more armor and then you can go back and pick up those armor boxes or armor plates Armor plates never despawn, and neither does ammo. So it's not going to go away. But the boxes do. So you want to drop the ammo, use the box. Yeah. There you go.
1: Uh, also, I want to do a little uh, on-the-fly um, suggestion here that Jake brought up in chat that okay. we didn't have written down here. Okay, it was it was regarding the mini-map. So there are settings also in this game where you can change the HUD, and you can adjust where certain things on the HUD are. So you can bring those in closer. It's like what Jake said in chat, which is a good tip actually is the mini map is naturally up in the far left corner. You can adjust your HUD and bring that in closer to the middle. So you don't have to look as far away to see your mini map there. Now, this is something I've never personally done, but I do know a lot of guys run it. So that's something to consider, especially if you're on like a larger monitor for sure. Um, that makes a little bit more sense. If you're on a small monitor, you know, it probably doesn't matter a whole lot, but That's something that could save like a split Second that could make the difference Between like you getting a kill and you dying
0: Absolutely good on the fly Recommendation I actually just Did this because I was watching Jacob down uh, Jake down on twitch stream Warzone and I was like Dude your HUD is so moved in What the fuck and then he showed me His options and he's like yeah I moved it in Max as much as I Could as close as I could possibly get it to Center I did So I was like, yeah, it's kind of a good idea. So I did it myself, too, like a couple days ago. I didn't think to mention it, but that's a good idea. Uh, Definitely do that. Because even if it saves you like a split second, how many times in a match do you look at your mini-map? Yeah. What, 80? 100?
1: (laughs) That's hard to even put a number on there because you don't even pay attention to it anymore. yeah. Yeah.
0: So if you're saving like, you know, 20 milliseconds per look, That's a lot more on-screen time you actually got in just one match. Yeah, It's worth doing. It's worth experimenting with. Move it all the fuck the way in, try it out, and then see if you hate it, you can move it back. But it's something worth trying. Go ahead.
1: Um, No, I was just going to say, it makes a lot more sense for you, too, since you just moved up about three inches on your monitor size. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you you noticed a difference, maybe without actually really thinking about it when you move to a, a bigger monitor. Um, and that was probably kind of screwing you up. Yeah, so. that's probably Glad true. To do that? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, for
1: sure. So. I mean, I play on an 18-inch monitor, so it doesn't matter for me. <laughs> that's, yeah, well. Just kidding, of course.
0: Also, another little tip here. And by the way, guys, we're going to get into like more detail, strategy, and shit. But first, we're getting through just, like I said, general shit that all of you need to know. Regardless of your strategy. The optimal drop distance is 719 meters. Now, I don't know why this is, but I was watching its iron stream and someone asked that, and this is what he said, and everyone in chat like answered the guy before iron even mentioned it. So everyone seems to know this. The optimal drop distance is 719 meters. So let's say you're going for a helicopter, right? You mark the helicopter, and when you're at about 750, press jump, because then you'll leave the cho- the, the plane at about seven hundred nineteen meters, and this is technically the fastest way to get there. So if you if you hit this, you will be there uh, before anyone else is, or or will be, if of course you have auto deploy off, which Tanner doesn't. Yes, so, I did. So uh, optimal drop distance seven hundred nineteen meters. Um, what's another thing? Uh. Okay. If you're... Let's say you're playing like quads and you guys are all sniping on a rooftop and you're sniping at another team who is sniping you from a different rooftop, rooftop. Stop plating. Stop plating. Why? If you get headshotted by a sniper, you will get downed and all of your plates will be destroyed. So if you have three plates and the enemy sniper headshots you, you're downed. And you've just wasted three plates. If you have zero plates and they headshot headshot you, you're down and you've wasted zero plates. So as long as you're not being pushed and you have teammates there to res you, don't bother plating up because either way you're going to get downed with one headshot. Yeah. And you can just get a res. So don't just That's waste plates. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just waste plates. What you want to do is is save those plates for when you have to move or when you are getting pushed. So, like, if you start getting pushed, obviously plate up, if you're, like, close distance, where people could actually finish you. But if there's a sniper on another rooftop and there's no chance that they finish the down, why plate? Who cares? Just save them, and you can just plate later.
1: This is, like, a special circumstance little tip here, too. Like he's saying, this pretty much is only a thing as if you're on a rooftop and you're, you know, you're up there for like minutes at least. And, and you know you're going to be there for a while. This is for probably the recon strats specifically. You're going to be doing this. Most so.
0: of the time, yes.
1: This isn't something you're going to do
0: often. Yeah, it's pretty, a, a pretty niche tip, but it will actually help you a lot. Because you can save a lot of armor by doing this. And if the other snipers are dumb, you can go through all their armor while none, you're not going through any of yours. So, here's another little tip arena for you also try to remember where the resupply stations are for example what's a resupply station there are places on the map kind of like in ground war at like each spawn there's like that green like box thing and you like hold use and you like get some ammo I think it's like two mag there's like 60 AR rounds and like eight sniper rounds and whatever uh Try to remember where these are because they're also in Warzone. So at every police station, there is a resupply thing. So make sure you use that. And there's also one at the gun stores. So there's one gun store that is at the southwest of lumber. And there's also one, for example, to the west of Superstore buy that buy yeah. sometimes there across the street from Superstore to the west it's another gun store there there are probably others but those are the ones I remember right now try to remember where these resupply stations are because they can come in handy in a pinch, uh, pinch also you can use these from outside of the building if you're like standing in front of a police station and you look in the direction of the resupply station if you jump and then press F to use you can resupply without having to actually go inside the building there's another hot tip for you. Yeah. Uh, and also, keep in mind, you can cheese this too. Uh, it's going to resupply ammo for whatever guns you're holding. So your primary and your stowed secondary weapon is the two types of ammo it'll give you. So let's say you have like a an FFAR and a MAC-10 ground loot off the rip. But you know you're going to be sniping once you pick up your loadout. You can just pick up a Pellington and put your MAC-10 on the ground. Use the resupply station so that it gives you sniper ammo instead of SMG ammo. And then just go back and pick up the MAC-10 until you get to your loadout drop, and then you'll have your sniper. So just keep in mind, it's only giving you ammo for the types of weapon you have. The two types of weapons you have. So you can also use this to get ammo for your teammate. So let's say I'm full AR and full SMG. Tanner's sniping and he has no ammo. He's going to use the resupply station, drop me his sniper, I'll pick up his sniper, I'll use the resupply station, it'll give me sniper ammo, I'll drop it on the ground, I'll give him back a sniper. Just some things to consider doing. Yep. Also, the gas in the first circle moves a lot quicker than every other circle, and you cannot outrun it. It might be possible to outrun the gas in the first circle if you literally drop your weapon. I don't know though
1: I don't think it is I think you almost uh, I don't think so I think you run barely barely slower than I'm not positive though yeah it's very close it's very close pretty sure it still kills you
0: either way the gas the first time the gas moves it's fast as fuck so you need to be cognizant of this in the first circle it's easy to outrun every other circle but the very first one moves real quick so just keep that in mind. However, depending on what type of weapon you're holding, you run faster or slower. So if you're at a pinch and you're pretty close to getting in the zone, but it's first circle, drop one of your weapons and switch to your fists and run that way. That's the fastest way to move besides cali sticks. So uh, that can save your life. Because you're you're probably still going to take some gas damage if you don't outrun it, but you'll get in zone faster, and it might actually save your life.
1: Yeah. Either I've done way, this get once there or faster. twice. Yeah yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I've done this once or twice. So uh. Yeah. So yeah, do that. Also, consider using NVIDIA filters if you have access to them. So if you're on PC and you have an NVIDIA graphics card, there is like they have an in-game overlay, and you can use filters to like increase the sharpness, make the game look better, make it easier to see people. Now, you still won't ever see someone who has a rose skin if they're in a shadow, <laughs> right? That's, yeah. It's not going to help there. But it does actually help a lot with visibility. Uh, I don't have specific filters for you because everyone, like, kind of prefers different ones. But you can check out its underscore iron. He has filters. You can Google for those. Iceman Isaac has very popular filters. You can Google for those as well. And you can experiment yourself. But these can help improve how the game looks, but also improve your ability to see enemy players in the first person shooter game Call of Duty Warzone. So, look into that if you can.
1: Yeah, it's through yeah, you have to do it through GeForce Experience. We should say though that this does gives you does give you a fairly significant performance hit. Um like you can see it depends on your system, but it is noticeable for sure. Like you'll drop 20, 30 frames probably from doing this. So it's not great, but the trade-off, it's probably worth it. I, I ran them for a while. I just hated getting lower frames, um, so I went back. But I'm going to s- swap back to running filters here soon.
0: For most people, you will get lower frames. Tanner, I don't think your frames would change at all. That's uh, Maybe yours true. would because your CPU is so much better than mine, actually. But it doesn't change mine like at all now that I got a 3090 because my CPU is still the bottleneck even with filters on. But for most mm. people, that does, that's not relevant. So, yeah, it's not worth it. I do. haven't
1: tried it with my new build. That is true. I just did it with my last one. But I, I just know everyone always says you get a
0: performance hit either way. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, but also, it's worth it for me. Like, I get what... Even if I get 20 fewer frames, if I can see someone who I wouldn't have otherwise seen, worth it. So, yeah, just look into it. You guys can experiment yeah. with that. Uh also the first loadout drops in zone 1 with 10 seconds remaining in the round always. And the second loadout drops in zone 5 with 45 seconds remaining always. These are the, the these are the two free loadouts. Uh so and they always come at the same time. So it, you can plan your next play if you know when the next loadout's coming. So, for example, yeah. in that game we got second place in when I got my panic loadout, I specifically floated until the loadout dropped because I knew it was coming soon. Yeah. Because cause if you're in the air and you have no weapons, it's better than being in front of a squad with no weapons, obviously. Yeah, that's that's
1: really something you should be paying attention to. Like if you're dying pretty early round, um, if you win your Gulag and you're dropping back in, kind of just hang out for a second look at the timer see where you're at if there's going to be a loadout in like 45 seconds a minute a lot of times you're better off just staying in the air especially if you're the only person left um, and the rest of your team is dead or something or they're just you know you're getting like a shit drop on the opposite side of the map you're better off just staying in the air and kind of seeing where it goes because also it'll go towards where you are obviously so you can kind of pull the loadout drop by staying in a certain area good inclusion so let's say like you're you're hovering above Super, and the loadout's gonna come in in like 20 seconds. If you fly in the air as far west as you can go to the edge of the map, it's gonna land obviously way closer to you. So you're not gonna be by Super anymore. So you can kind of mess with that and try to figure out um, what area is gonna be less hot and where you kind of want the loadout. It gets close. I mean, don't expect it to land on the edge of the map with you. It could still land, you know, 200 meters away. But it's it's definitely gonna be better than dropping dead center of the map if you're in like a heavily contested area.
0: Yes, that's a good point. And this is something that it's underscore iron will do all the time is his favorite spot to go. He always has a chopper, of course. Uh, and what he'll do is he'll take the chopper and he will fly to like the fire station on dam. But it, and then he'll go a little bit southwest, like 200 meters and and he forces the loadout to drop there, where no one ever is. So his uh, loadout drop is always like super easy to pick up and uncontested.
1: So you're talking about like on that hill where Bango and I won that game, right? In that area, yes, right around there. Yep, up on the hill. That, yep. Yeah, yeah. Right there. You're, nobody's ever there at all. Yeah,
0: and the loadout will drop like up there where like you can't even get to it, <laughs> like yeah. without a chopper. So yeah, that that's something you can do too. And also these free loadout drops, by the way, you can see, you can gauge how many people are around you by how many other boxes are with yours. So obviously your loadout drop is the one that is marked for you. When it's dropping in, try to look at it, try to scope in and see how many other boxes are dropping with yours. So if your box is the only one, that means There isn't another squad in this area. Because if there was, their loadout drop would drop with you. Because they drop in clusters. They don't drop literally 40 separate loadout drops. That's not like that. They drop in clusters depending on what area you're in. So if you're in Superstore and the loadout drops, you might have five boxes drop with yours. (laughs) And what that'll tell you is there's a lot of kids around here, and also I'm gonna get raped if I try and pick this up. So... That's some intel for you. Look at the loadout drop, see how many other boxes are there. This will actually also come in handy a lot, especially when I go like Quarry. Because in Quarry, if someone drops, if some team drops with you to Quarry, it is very possible you did not see them, but they're still really close
1: to you. Entirely possible, yeah.
0: So then you see the free loadout drop come in and you see one other box. You're like, oh, fuck, there's another team here in Quarry. Now I know to be on alert. So yeah, it's another little tip. Uh, nice little tip, Tanner. Why don't you hit this next one?
1: This next one was another uh, live tip that somebody brought up in chat from Deacon G's, uh, and this was a good one we didn't have written down. So it's pay close attention to contracts near you. Um, so let's say you know you can definitely. Let's say you guys have a bounty marked and you're heading towards, and all of a sudden it just disappears. Obviously, you know somebody's there, right? And somebody grabbed it and somebody's going to be in that area. So, wherever you're hanging out and playing, if you kind of just pay attention real quick, look at your map and see what contracts are around there, if suddenly a contract just disappears and it wasn't eaten by the gas, then you know somebody's there. And that gives you a hot tip of, you know, where enemies are and where you should go. And, you know, if you know what type of contract that was, that could also help. Um, but it, more than anything it's just going to give you a little bit of valuable intel um, you know if, if somebody's in that general vicinity
0: that's an excellent tip and piggybacking on that shout out to Deacon great tip there also this is a subset of that if you're like in Boneyard and there's one bounty contract and then it suddenly disappears and there's a bounty on you now You literally know exactly where that team is because they just picked up that contract and you're the bounty now. You'll know exactly where they are. So that's another thing too that you can really cheese. There have been multiple times where we've marked bounties, started heading toward them, and then it disappears and they got there first and the bounty's on us. And we're like, okay, well, that's not great, but at least we know literally exactly where they just were because they picked it up right there. So that's another thing you can do. Uh, this next tip, I. This is kind of an idiosyncrasy. Ping liberally. Hey, ping more. I hate playing with almost everyone because they don't <laughs> ping enough. Okay? If you see someone, ping them so that your teammates know where they are. Because if you say 240, I don't want to look at my shit compass. Just ping the fucking guy. You're already shooting at him. Ping him.
1: Raz expects like me to get my head taken off I'm one shot He wants me to peek immediately again And live ping this guy And just get down So that he knows where the person's at That's what he thinks He's so fucking dumb Actually stupid He acts like it's so easy to just ping people When they're I shooting at you I more all
0: of you So Yes oh. it is actually What's your point?
1: Don't care I don't care if you ping them Just kill them You don't need to fucking tell me where they're at Just kill them Right? Okay Okay Keep that energy. Here's another
0: another tip for pinging, too, is like, if you're not getting live pings, you can still say, like, I'll ping a building and I'll say, and I'll be like, oh, there's a guy in that building. But to make this easier for your teammates, tell them what color your ping is. So if I'm purple this game, I'll ping a building and I'll say, guys on purple. And they'll know that it's the purple ping. Because you're playing fours and there's fucking four different pings and I say, yeah. "Oh, there's a guy there." I'm going to have to look at your fucking my dog shit UI, figure out what color you are, what your name is, Soul Drinker 29, and then I'm going to have to go like fucking match the colors like I'm in a preschool, uh, you know, class doing color exercises. That uh, not my It's early. Yeah, okay. It, it's much easier for your teammates if you ping something, you know what color your ping is. You just fucking did it. I'll say, okay, guys in green. Guys, green ping. Whatever. It helps a lot, actually. I really like doing this, and I like when my teammates do it. They never do, of course, but... Of course we don't. Uh, We're too busy killing
1: them. I don't know what you want us to do. I'll
0: keep that in mind. Dead Silence is obscenely overpowered. Hot take. Hot tip. I'm not sure this is worthy of being a, a tip, but... Use dead it's silence as yeah. much as you can because it's really fucking good and it's impossible to be to, to be heard if you have this. You can very yeah. easily shit on kids. So be aware of dead silence. If you already have it, ping it for your teammates. You want as many dead silences as you can fucking hold. So do that. Stopping power, same thing. Disgusting, offensive, uh, really- Too good. Really too good. Dead Silence and Stopping Power shouldn't be in Warzone, first of all, because they're so overpowered. But since they are, use them. Abuse them, because everyone else will do it to you. Uh, so Stopping Power is nuts. But also, a lot of people don't know this. Stopping Power rounds increase the recoil of your gun. Therefore, you want to prioritize this on your closest range gun. So if, if I'm using an AR and an SMG i want to put the stopping power rounds into the smg because it's going to be easier for me to hit shots with my smg even if it has increased recoil because i'm typically going to be way closer to people for smg gunfights where recoil uh added recoil is less bad for me so prioritize this on your closer range gun
1: this is true most of the time certain ars that doesn't really matter much like i wouldn't I don't personally put stopping power in like an Amax because the Amax is already kind of hard to control, in my opinion. I don't want stopping power on that, um, but something like the Grow a Kilo, if you're running a gun like that, stopping power is fine to put on. But I also usually just throw it on an SMG. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. That's a good point. M13 is a great stopping power AR. Don't use an M13, of course. But anyways, uh, also for audio settings some people experiment with the audio preset in the options but I would say 90% of the very good players that play Warzone all use the boost high audio preset and this uh, the theory here boost high means the high end frequencies the treble frequencies such as footsteps get boosted so Boost High is probably the best audio preset. Again, there is some debate here, but this is far and away the most commonly used preset amongst good players. So switch to that audio preset. It's in like your audio options. Uh, if you don't, if you're not using that.
1: Yeah, I mean, don't get us wrong. You still won't be able to hear a goddamn thing. You won't be able to hear people running up to your building, but it is, it's slightly better. Yeah.
0: Yeah for
1: sure slightly better for sure
0: uh let me find boost
1: low is absolutely not the move boost low is fucking awful
0: boost low means precision airstrikes will somehow get louder as if that were possible right so don't yeah that's a change it for sure uh also I'll link this in the show notes as well and let me uh let me just link it here for my benefit okay uh set this image (coughs) As your desktop background for your computer, your laptop, your iPad, your iPhone, uh, everything, right? This image, right here. I think we've talked about this before on the program, definitely in Discord. And this, this—I think we've talked about—we've talked about it a hundred times. Yeah, yeah. This you map, love talking about this. That's of course true. This map will be in the show notes. Uh, this is a map of Verdansk, and it has every bunker labeled. With the codes on the image itself. So there's there's even a legend. If there's a red star on the map of Verdansk, it means it requires a red access key card to enter. So you can loot up a key card and then glance at your desktop background and say, oh, there's a key card bunker very close to us. We should go there and get $80,000. That would yeah. be a good idea. And if you have the map just on deck like this, It makes using these bunkers very easy. Let me keep it one United States dollar with you. Before I used this, I never went in bunkers. I would know that I'm right in front of one with a fucking key card, and I just wouldn't go in. No, I I wouldn't know. That's why I didn't go in. Because I would just, like, forget about them. And I didn't want to, like, alt-tab and fucking Google, hey, where are the bunkers? Too hard. (laughs) Not doing it.
1: It's true. Yeah, we would never even think about it. But, of course... Since we both have three monitors, right? We have a spare one to throw the you yes. know, throw yeah. this up on. Now, if anyone would like to blow this up and send us a poster, I'm thinking like mm, maybe four foot by four foot, five foot by five foot. I'll hang it on my wall right behind me. Then I'll always know. Get it framed, laminated, the works. Dude,
0: I swear but to God, that's that. actually a good idea. I Let's
1: can do move it. I can my
0: California Republic flag and then put Let's it there. Let's do it. I'm yeah. doing it. It's already been done. Yeah, so if you're... Okay, so if you're a console uh, user also and you don't have eight monitors, just save the image on your phone and maybe favorite it in your, like, photos app so you can just pull it up quickly. This actually comes in handy, for real. And again, it has the bunkers that don't require a key card, but they just require an access code. The access code is on the image next to the bunker. It's, like, perfect. It's actually fantastic. Because sometimes, too, dude... Like, you can land pretty late, and, like, you're in a bind, but you're, like, one of these bunkers is uncontested and unlooted. You can get in there, get 15 grand, and buy back all your teammates. Like, it actually comes in clutch pretty often. So, yeah. So, use the Im- use the fucking image, right?
1: Um, I'm going to go pee, since we're still in the tips, and we're an hour and a half in, so I'll be right back.
0: Okay. This next tip is another tip Tanner didn't know. If you throw a munitions box or an armor box after placing a trophy system your trophy system will immediately be destroyed So I think the game registers this as you trying to use two field upgrades at the same time So it destroys the trophy So like if you throw a trophy on a Bertha or a helicopter and then you want to like refill your armor before you go throw the armor box first use it, then throw the trophy so the trophy isn't destroyed. But if you throw a trophy first, and then a box second, the trophy will immediately be destroyed. Most people don't know this. I didn't know this. I still think this is fake news. OP Marks didn't know it, but Iron told him, like, a week ago. Uh, And he was like, oh shit, really? Yeah, it's interesting. Is that how he talks? It's not fake news, by the way. It's absolutely not fake news. So, now... Most of you probably didn't know this, but now you do. And go test it. Go test it. So, uh, keep hold on. Are you?
1: Never mind. Okay, never mind. I just had a thought. Never mind. It was a dumb
0: thought. Of course it was. (laughs) It was a dumb thought. Like you you. don't even know what it was. You're a dumb thought, right? Okay. So that's that's what we call a pun. Uh, Anyways, yeah. So now you guys know that. And yes, trophy systems will enemy trophies will destroy your muni box they'll destroy your armor box they'll intercept them they'll also intercept your loadout drop marker which is fun and exciting however if they do you'll still have the loadout drop but i've been scared shitless more than once when this happened like you kill an enemy team they had a trophy on a rover you take the rover to the buy station you buy a loadout drop you throw it and then the trophy intercepts it and you're like fuck dude did they really just destroy my ten thousand United States dollar loadout drop marker? Yes, but no. You'll still have it. Shoot the trophy, throw it again, you'll be fine. Yeah. Anyways. And now our last tip, which is another great tip. Some people will know this, some will not. This is one of L2K's favorite tips. If oh what, one leaving person the whole squad? no
1: relax <laughs> that's a different one
0: <laughs> that's a, yeah we're getting into that later if one person in the squad does not pick up their loadout box the box will stay on the map forever until all squad members use the box so for example three people if you're playing quads right three of you can use the same box 100 million times each. In one game, it's not possible though. And it will not go away unless the fourth person also uses the box. So sometimes there will be a, like the second free loadout drop. It's possible that only one person on the team died. They need the loadout, but the other three people don't. Or even just one other person doesn't need the box. Don't use it. Because if not all squad members use the box, it will stay there until all people in the squad do use it you can use it as cover this way and it'll just stay cover and won't despawn and you can also more importantly if you guys die later the box will be there waiting for you when you come back so don't use a loadout unless you need it yeah if you have your perks and your two primaries don't use it because then it'll stay there so now you know cool any other general tips and tricks? For you, um, Fanner?
1: no. Immediately after we finish this episode, we'll probably think of five more, unfortunately. But I think that's a pretty good list. There, A lot of those are, like, real beginner day one Warzone player tips. Uh, and then some of those other ones, a lot of the good players probably didn't even know. So I think it was a good list we had there. Yes. It's little like tippies. So, yeah. Tipperoos.
0: Okay. Stop it. So next TV time, uh, again, let us know in the comments if what what of those things you didn't know. And don't tell me you knew all of them, because you didn't. You're lying if you say that. So anyways, let's move on. Uh, we're going to be talking about two different but ultimately successful strategies for Warzone. And this podcast episode will help you regardless of your playstyle. Now we're getting into the fucking nuts and bolts, dude. We're getting into what you all wanted to hear, right?
1: Meat and potatoes. The meat and potatoes, as
0: some might say, yes. These are going to be, broadly speaking, the rush strategy and the recon strategy. I think this kind of encompasses every possible strategy, really. Not, no, I don't think so. What else would there be? Well, there's a lot of people's play
1: styles you kind of can't really explain because they don't even know. They kind of just land, do whatever, grab a contract if they want maybe not. I feel like that's how most people actually play. But I, the way I think of it is, we're talking about probably the two successful ways that top Warzone players play. So one is going to be the aggro, the rush strategy, and the other is going to be more of the recon strategy that all the top win players, that's what they do. The guys with thousands of wins, you know, iron, OP marked, around 3,000 wins, um, they usually do the recon strat they so like to pump those dubs up on the leaderboard. And then the other one, the rush strategy is going to be the guys that get more kills. They still get a shitload of wins. Probably more exciting to watch for the average person. Uh, but yeah, they get a lot of kills. You just have to be extremely talented to play that way. So we'll uh, we'll get into both those right now. But it's there's a bunch of ways you can play Warzone. It's just these are probably the top two ways for the best Warzone players, what they usually do
0: that's that's fair yeah and I think um especially with like our rush strategy guide here, there are a lot of different play styles that kind of fall in line with this uh, yeah so uh, we'll get into it but broadly speaking, yeah like Tanner said these are absolutely the most successful strategies to use so we're gonna we're gonna again compare contrast we're gonna go over strategy for both of them so. The rush strategy is exactly what it sounds like You drop in Get your bearings Go hunt people down and kill them Until no one else is alive So some examples Of successful rush strategy Warzone players Symphony Huskers Mutex Etc I got two Two PC players and a console player I've been trying to do that Um, Controller So, these are examples of people who play this game and rush. These are rush strategy players uh, that that you may know. The pros. So, we're going to do pros and cons list now, okay? The pros of the rush strategy. This is commonly considered the more fun strategy as it is typically a lot more action-packed than the recon strategy, kind of. For streamers and content creators... I would say playing this way is more fun to watch for the average viewer, though not all viewers. Um, so that's something to keep in mind as well, if it's going well, of course.
1: Would if you agree with well. this? I, oh, 100%. I would rather watch somebody get a bunch of kills for sure than watch people do the recon strat. Um, I mean, recon strats get very exciting end game, but there's also a lot of moments. It's, it's more done. boring and at that point the streamer has to be a very good um how should i word it they have to be very entertaining to make that time fun and exciting true, still
0: true true uh yeah true you can if you're like here's the reality guys if you're winning a lot on warzone and you're like streaming it'll be pretty fun to watch regardless exactly so either way so either way but if you're if let's assume you're going to win the game either way For most people, it's going to be more fun to watch the rush strategy. And for most people, it's going to be more fun to play this way as well, which is the more important point, obviously. Uh, So keep that pro number one there. Pro number two, you will always have armor, ammo, and cash like as much as your heart desires because you're constantly going to be looting all of this shit from people you kill. So you can pretty much always afford to buy another UAV to keep pushing. You'll always have a self res, etc., if the rush strategy is going well. This is why people can use an M16 and an FFAR, which both take AR ammo. How do they never run out of ammo? Because they're killing everyone and taking their ammo. That's yeah. why this that that combo works. You can't you don't see anyone doing a recon strat using an M16 and an FFAR. Because it wouldn't work. But for the rush strategy, you're always going to have plates. You're always going to have ammo. Uh, and you're just going to be vibing, as they say. Which is definitely a pro to this strategy. Uh, also, it requires less planning and coordination than the recon strategy. Rushing people is a relatively simple strategy. But that's not to say that it's an easy strategy. So different. Between- all. The difference between simple and easy being deadlifting 650 pounds is simple. It's one of the simplest things on earth, in fact. <laughs> you walk up to a bar and you stand up when you pick it up. That simple, right? That doesn't make it easy, right? There's a difference yeah. there. So with the rush strategy, it's pretty simple, but it is not easy at all. Yeah,
1: this this statement made me mauled when I first read it yesterday. But then I was like, no, he is right. It it I mean when you look at it that way. He is right. So, it's it's far from easy though. Yeah, it's ex- extremely difficult to pull
0: off this strat, I think. Yeah, for sure. Super difficult. Uh but yeah. Uh, and also like if you're playing with new people, this is probably the best way to play because again, not much planning or coordination really. In general, you're playing with, like, some new people that you've never played with before. Stay close together, sort of, and that's pretty much, like, it. Uh, But we'll get more into that. So, those are the pros of the rushing strategy. you have anything to add there, Tanner? Uh, No. Okay. Let's get into cons. The win rate of this strategy, compared to the recon strategy, which we're going to talk about shortly, is significantly lower you won't typically know where the next circle goes and you will often lose simply because you got unlucky and the circle pulled somewhere disadvantageous and then you die. So, I mean, I've watched a lot of streamers play Rush Strat and Recon Strat and there have been many times when I've been watching Huskers, Symphony, Nate Gibson who are absolutely better than everyone else in the lobby at using their fully automatic weapon far better by the way and they'll lose because they just get unlucky and the circle goes somewhere bad and they get ripped yeah that happens a lot with rushing especially in this shit game like if you're under dam and the circle pulls above dam, you're dead you lost sorry give up leave the game you're dead doesn't matter how good you are because this game is pretty dumb and a lot of times this dumb shit happens. So you're a lot more at the whims of uh, circumstance and luck. When it comes to like late game winning, you can get fucked by the last circles a lot. So, con number one. And that translates, of course, to winning less often. The, the win rate of the top rushing streamers compared to the win rate of the top recon streamers, or players even, is laughable. Less than half Like Yeah it, You win a lot less often So Number one Number two con You will more often get third party using this strategy Than you will the recon strategy If you're a good rush player You can mitigate and minimize how often you get third partied But it's still going to happen to you more often In general than if you're doing the recon strategy You'll push one team and some other rat team where they're all using ghost and they're corner camping inside the tiny little shack that you didn't think to check uh, are just waiting and then you run past them. You fight a team beyond them and then you're pinched between the team you engaged and the rats behind you in the shack that you didn't know were there and you're dead. Doesn't matter how good you are. There was no way to know they were there, especially if they all have ghosts. I don't care how many UAVs you have. Yeah, you're not going to know. Would you would you agree with this? You'll get, you'll more often get third party. Oh,
1: for sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, that's just the way it's going to be. If you're constantly pushing people like that, eventually you're going to like push a team, and you will have not realized that like they were fighting another team, or another team knew they were there and was pushing in. So you know you're fighting that team, and then you get third party from somewhere else. So absolutely, hundred percent,
0: yeah, okay. Uh, also, on kind of a similar note, you're going to get surprised. Even not not necessarily even third party, but just surprised and like shot in the back more often doing the rush strat than the recon strat. And kind of for the same reason. I'm mean, the more you're moving around the map, the more likely it is that there's some team that's gonna be like behind you and like rip mm-hmm. you. So there's another con too. Like you're gonna get like surprised more often than the recon strat. And uh the biggest con for the average player, by far, this strategy relies heavily on being good at the video game. Yeah. And if you're not, like, a very good, like, aim, shoot, position player, you're not going to win often. You might not win at all, actually. Because when you think about Warzone, 150 players, let's say you're playing duos, you have to beat 75 other teams. <laughs> are you are you confident enough in your gun skill to be one out of 75 in that lobby? You have to be quite good for this to work like with any reliability. Exactly. And some, sometimes you'll get lucky and the circle will favor you even if you're doing the rush strat and you'll get some wins. For sure. But the rush strat absolutely re- requires that you're just very good at aiming and shooting your gun cuz you're going to be in hairier situations and even if you're just 1v1ing it's heads up everyone knows where everyone is they might just be better than you and you're going to die and then yeah,
1: and that, then you lost. That's going to happen often. I mean a lot of these guys they'll hit you know they'll get they'll be at like 25 30 kills with like 80 enemies left still and then they'll just die to someone yeah. because of the way they play that's that's the trade-off that's why they don't win but they're going they're trying to get on that, that, uh, that kill leaderboard and that KD leaderboard not the win
0: yep, 100%.
1: leaderboard so but yeah you have to be very very good to play this way I mean the majority of people can't play this way actually
0: they can but they're not going to win very often exactly yeah yeah so and You know, you might be hearing that and think, well, should I just not play this way then? Should I just do recon instead? Depends. You will still sometimes win if you're doing the rush strategy, even if you're not like one of the best aimers in the world. If you're competent at aiming and you're smart and you listen to this entire broadcast, (laughs) you can be a worse FPS player than some other squad. But your strategy, even when playing the rushing strat, can be better than that other squad, and you'll win because of that. So it's not like all 100% reliant on raw shooting skill. There's still, of course, strategy involved. This is still a BR, but it's more reliant on shooting skill than the recon strat. That's what we mean here. Yeah. So, uh, Anything to add to that pros and cons list? Any general thoughts on the Rush Strat? Um, I
1: don't think so. Yeah, I I will say I think the Rush Strat, it's a lot more fun to play this way. But yeah, most of you just, you're strictly going to get less wins this way. If you care about getting high kills, and then, you know, if you get a dub, cool. Then definitely give this, you know, play style a shot. Um, Compared to the Recon, it'll pretty much be the opposite. You'll end up getting more wins, but you'll usually have less kills for the average person you'll probably there's there's just a lot more downtime. Yeah, but every game plays entirely different. It totally depends where the circle's ending. A lot of factors go into that. Yeah. So, both of the both of these ways though, you guys should try and uh you know, figure out which one works better for you and your squad.
0: I agree with that too. So, before we get into recon strat, uh and again, right now we're just going over pros and cons. We're going to get into specific strategy in a bit. But uh yeah regardless of what playstyle you think you're going to prefer you should do both and that will make you a better player because yeah if, if you learn
1: how to play ways
0: yeah exactly if you're a rush player and you do like a week of only recon strat you'll understand what recon razes want to do and you'll be able to outplay them better because you'll know what they're trying to do because you've done it and vice yeah. versa if you're a recon raz and uh you know you've if you play rush strat for a week, you'll understand what they want to do better. Uh, and that'll help you win. So you should absolutely do both for sure. Uh, but anyways, the recon strategy revolves around dropping in and doing as many recon contracts as you need to do to know where the final good position on the map is and taking control of that final circle area. Uh, The recon contract, by the way, is the yellow contract with the flag. That's the symbol of this contract. These are called recons. Okay. Uh, Examples of streamers who do the recon strategy. It's underscore iron, OP marked, shaded step, and others. So uh, when we were talking about like win, win rate, it's iron's weekly win rate this week is like 65%. Yeah, it's insane yeah that's insane he's really good with a gun and he also is really smart and plays the Recon Strat really well he has the number one wins across every platform so it's not terribly surprising uh, but you don't get a win rate of 60% for even a day without doing Recon Strat just doesn't happen or cheating you could cheat too that. Well, if you're reverse boosting yeah also we, you we can could also. Be able to do that yeah maybe next week we'll do the the cheating strat we can go over the pros and cons of that. Uh, pro: You'll yeah. never be banned. Pro: You'll win every game. Uh, <laughs> con: Tommy might tell you to turn your camera and make it face your monitor. Yeah, but that's for that's for next week.
1: Uh, you you so, may have to explain what Xbox Game Bar is. <laughs> yeah, to thousands yeah. of
0: viewers. You're gonna have to you have to uninstall OBS and install XSplit. Okay. Pros of the recon strap. If you're looking to win as many matches as possible, this is absolutely the way to go. A successful recon strategy match will very often give you a relatively straightforward win. If everything goes according to plan with the recon strat, you will have to try to lose. Like
1: actually. exactly, you have you have to just be really dumb and fuck it up at the very end, which of course is entirely possible. Yes. But if you do this successfully, it's... It's pretty easy. There's just... The thing is, you have to be very... You have to have, like, some composure. Because it's it gets easy to, like, chase kills and start shooting at people. But a lot of times, with this Recon Strat, you have to just not. You have to just sit somewhere in the final circle. Play a rooftop somewhere you wouldn't normally play. And just stay on it. No matter what your gut is telling you to do. Like, oh, I just down that guy. Jump off. Land on him. Finish him. He's selfing. You have to just... You can't. You have to just play smart, relax. You gotta just vibe it out with the boys. Um just don't rush into things too quickly.
0: Yeah, and we'll get into that a little more. Um so that's pro number one. Pro number two, you will be surprised far less often in general doing this strategy. Uh in the in the early game, you will you're most likely to get surprised because you're not like set up, but once you are set up. It's very difficult to be surprised if you're doing this correctly. Uh, Once you've established yourself in the final power position, you'll know when you're safe and when you're in danger uh, far ahead of time. And you'll be prepared for like every gunfight that happens. Like every time it's iron gets in a gunfight, it's because he knows the guy is there and he engages (laughs) the person. Like he doesn't get surprised once they're established. Before they're established, sure. But once they're established, no. So, that's a huge pro, by the way. Being able to take gunfights on your terms is the best way to not die and win the game. So.
1: Which is Um, what the strategy is about, winning games.
0: Which is what the strategy is about. Uh, This strategy is also less reliant on raw FPS talent than the rush strategy. Um not, that's not to say that if you're a complete shit can, you're going to have a 65% win rate in a week. Uh, you won't. You won't. Because getting established, you're going to need to be able to shoot your gun. And in the end, it, you will be fighting. You're going to be fighting uh, at some point. So you still need to be good, or at least competent. But still, it's a lot less reliant on raw FPS talent than the rush strategy is. Uh, you'll be in such an advantageous position that you'll be able to kill players who are strictly better than you just because you're in such a power position over them. It doesn't matter how good they are. you're, They can't do anything. And you can whiff yeah. as many times as you want and you're still going to win. This will happen often if you're able to, to do this strat correctly and get uh, set up. So... Uh, also, the end game gets very fun very quickly. It so, does. Like Tanner was alluding to, you got to be patient and we'll get into the strategy, we'll discuss this more, but you you know, the game starts, you got to get yourself established, you got to be patient, you got to get your your feet under you. And then you're going to get established and then, you know, maybe you have to play some Cards Against Humanity with the boys for 10 minutes. Swipe on Tinder? Swipe on Tinder, perhaps. Uh, definitely be in a building if you do that, though. Not I'm not lit- literally laying out in the open. Uh, but, once that second to last, last circle comes, shit goes from 0 to 100 real quick. Real quick. And then, it's very fun. It goes from being, like, maybe boring, to, like, there are enemies everywhere. And you're in such a good spot that it's a fucking shooting gallery. You're just clapping kids from a rooftop. They can't get to you. Just free kills, free kills, free kills. There's yeah. another pro. Absolutely
1: free. I mean, just simple free kills, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you, you go from kind of sitting around in a power position to suddenly having three teams fighting each other underneath you. And you just pick them off at will. And, yeah. and of course, as a BR, it all comes down to positioning in the end. So there's the other pro. Anything else to add there, TDS? Um,
1: No. Okay.
0: Cons. Though the late game is probably, it, it is easier. The late game is far easier, actually, here, doing the recon strat than the rest strat. The early game... And Tanner has Tanner's mold. So my contention, the late game is far easier with the recon strat than the rush strat. But the early game is arguably more difficult. Recon contracts are often contested. And when you're actually completing a recon, you're like capping the recon contract. There's a giant yellow beam that shoots in the sky and everyone knows you're there. And then, and when you're doing that, you can get pushed, and you won't know they're there, but they'll know you're there because you're because of the giant yellow beam in the sky. Um. And so and so they'll take you off guard. Now Tanner disagrees with this. What are your thoughts, Tanner?
1: I just don't understand at all how you think recon, early game, are more difficult than rush. That makes zero sense to me. So you're so you're trying to tell me right now that landing prison. And grabbing three recons in a helicopter uncontested.
0: Well, it's never is, uncontested is, at prison. That's the point.
1: Hold on. Stream Deck's working. It's thinking. You are fake there news. There we go. You're saying that's harder than hot dropping super and clearing out three other teams there. That's just... That's the falsest statement you've ever said. It's fake news. It's stupid. Rushing is absolutely harder early game. Um, I mean, and that's... What is the reason we started doing recons? Like a few weeks back to win primarily it's because we weren't doing very well so we said oh let's do recons this is easier to do that's what we would do and we would get to late rounds and then we just end up fucking it up but absolute early round recon it's extremely easy it's so easy that it often gets boring i think
0: it depends
1: like, right off the bat
0: yeah it can be I, like i hear you First of all, you're never dropping prison uncontested. People are always at prison. So I don't know why you use that example. Cool, number, one team. Number one. We we dropped prison and died last night, right? Well, you guys are shit. So, well, you died first, but anyway. I didn't. Let's let's move we'll check the VOD. Uh, I went to go save somebody. If you <laughs> if you um If you start like smoothly, you get like four choppers and quads and then you go way outside the circle and start doing recons, yes, definitely way easier, obviously. And that's what you want to do ideally. But a lot of times, you're not able to do that. If you land on the train, for example, which, I, and again, we're going to get into these, but if you land on the train, seldom easy, often pretty hot, and people know you're there, and you have very little cover, and they can just shoot at you from the top of hospital or from the top of a boneyard building And you get shit on. Which has happened before. Less than 24 hours ago. In fact, multiple times. So, sometimes it can be easier. Sometimes it can be much more difficult. And also, going for these choppers, rarely uncontested. People are going to be going for them first. You have to get there first. If you don't, you will die. Because they're going to chop you up. So, (laughs) it can be more difficult. And also, if you're rushing, that doesn't mean you have to drop super You can drop Boneyard and then fight one team, not three. So, anyways.
1: Um, So I I had this written down too. And I'll somewhat agree with you and say that the middle game may be more difficult. Maybe. Because I think in a rush strategy, you kind of get in this groove of just killing everyone. And you're just, you get a kill. Or you, let's say you wipe a team. You're close to a buy. You say, "Oh shit, let's grab some self-res, bat, grab UAVs here, and, and just rush to the next team." And you just know what you're going to do because you're in that groove, and you're just pushing everyone in a vehicle and killing all them. Now with recon, I think you get in like this weird mid-game lull where you just you're not sure what to do, unless you're iron or OP marks. Experience like you don't fuck, yeah. You don't really know what to do, and you're like, okay, so we've done six recons. We know mostly where the circle is going to end it's like uh what do we do now do we keep looting for cash do we try to go grab a helicopter do we i i mean do we you know do you just keep looting in general do you go for kills do you sit on a rooftop outside of the final circle do you make your way into the final circle yet like there's you almost don't know what to do because you have all of that info too early essentially
0: yeah yeah
1: So that's what I think. Where and you don't really you don't have any sort of a groove because usually, you know, you won't have as many kills doing the recon strat. So it's like, okay, it's like, what do I what am I supposed to do now? I don't really know. And that's what often happens to us. And that's usually why if we don't win a recon game, that's the reason. Because we don't know when to go into that final circle.
0: And where specifically to go. That's true too. Yeah. It's Mm. yeah. Like you can know where the final circle is. But you might not know where to play based on that final circle. Like should we be on the ridge because it has high ground or should we be in the only building in final circle?
1: Exactly. Like do you want to be in that building cuz everyone's going to know you're in there or do you want to be outside and then move into that final circle as the gas starts moving and stay outside of the building? You know, it's it, it's kind of like weird decisions you have to make there.
0: Yeah. So uh, we'll get into that more in a little bit, but yeah. Good good addition there for sure. Uh and and to Tanner's point, I, the It is far more complex planning and, like, making these decisions as a new frog very difficult, especially if you're playing with, like, four people and you guys don't agree. You can just waste time debating where you should go, and then you, like, get pushed, and it's, like, very annoying. Uh, It's just hard when you're, like—especially when you're new. It's, like, coordinating all of this shit gets frustrating, and also, yeah. it's like, okay, what box do you have? Armor. Okay, cool. I heard munitions, so I also buy an armor. And then, like, we find ourselves in the final circle. It's like, God damn it, dude. I thought you said munitions. Now we have two armor boxes and no ammo. Like, did we all get self res? Make sure we all get precisions. We have to go to a buy that's uncontested. Where, again, where are we going to play right now? Should we rotate into that final building? Should we go there right away? Uh, A lot more complex planning, again, and coordination. And with the rush strategy, this never happens. You just say, oh, do I have my guns? Let's go. Yeah. Let's move and kill things. So that's another con for sure. And then also, like, knowing which recons to do and how many of them you need to do. So sometimes you can do literally, like, three recons And you'll, that'll be enough information and you'll know where to play. Mm -hmm. Just because it's like a weird circle and most of it's out of the map. And so like, okay, I know where we need to go. But then other times you can do six and be like unsure. Like, should we do another one? Maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. And knowing where to get the recons from too. Let's say we didn't get a chopper or we have like one that's like low health. It's like, should we go way outside zone? And do this one. If there's a team there. They shoot at our chopper. We're not going to get into zone in time. And we're all just dead. Like what do we do here? It, it's a lot more thinking involved. Uh, in the yeah. early to mid game for sure. Um, And knowing which buy stations to go to. Actually unironically difficult to figure out. Because I, It we, can be. It, we'll have choppers. We'll try to like go to buy stations. At fucking way outside zone. Surely no one's here. Wrong. They have loadouts. They're all mounted with PKMs just waiting for you. And then you're dead. And it's like, dude, where the fuck am I supposed to go by? Like, we need boxes. We need loadout. We need self res. That can also be difficult, too. So when you stack all of these decisions on top of each other and you're not like super experienced, it gets difficult for sure. So. Yeah. And then this is the biggest con, I would say. Absolutely. If you spend a bunch of time doing a lot of recons, getting your two loadouts, uh, getting a bunch of cash, everyone has self-res, everyone has streaks, everyone has their boxes. You're on your way to your power position on the rooftop in the final circle ready to win the game and you're flying over there and you all die, right? You all have zero kills. You've all spent 15 minutes PvE-ing and now you're all dead. This is... Very annoying, very disheartening, and it feels like a giant waste of time. Makes you want to just log off the
1: video game and just stop playing for the night.
0: Actually, like no one's even shot their gun, and you've been here 15 minutes, you're ready to win, and you can't get there, and you all die. This is the worst thing that can happen in Warzone, arguably. Yeah. You have a little note here. This will
1: happen often too. This will <laughs> this will happen very often to you. Now we're not its iron, so your guys's win rate isn't going to be seventy percent. Um, your yours is going to be less than half of that, even with this recon strat. Um, oh yeah. So it is. Yeah, this happened to us last night. We decided to do that in a game. Um, it got real action packed for like last few minutes. We got some kills. Had to move out move out of the building we were in. Go in the uh, in the woods. And we were quickly just decimated as a squad within 20 seconds of each other. And that's the first thing I said. I'm like, cool. That was, that was fun. That was a waste of time. Real glad we did that. That was fantastic. Let's do that again, right? Yeah. And that just that kills your whole vibe when you waste your time and you get nothing out of it. So you didn't have fun. You didn't get a bunch of kills. You didn't get a win. It's like, what was the point? What are we playing for, right? What are we playing for?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a real, like... I always say that Recon Strat is like... You're investing in like a bunch of late kills late game... But you have to make it there first. So Recon, again, does get fucking spicy at the end. But if you die before you get to the end... You're not going to get any of those kills. Yeah. Whereas with Rushing... You're going to essentially be relatively constantly getting some kills. So even if you lose doing Rush Strategy... You might have also gotten eight kills and had fun. Whereas with the recon strat, it is very possible, and this has happened to us uh, multiple times, where none of us have a single kill, and we're all dead, and it's been 15 minutes in Warzone. Yeah. And it's just cancer. It's so bad. It's the fucking worst. But we've also also It's also like... Go ahead, go ahead.
1: Like... Like, you think it's like, okay, 15, 20 minutes doesn't sound like that long. But when it's, you're moving around the map constantly, opening up crates, doing recons, you know where the final circle's at. You land your chopper somewhere and just get beamed. Like, all of you are just fucking dead within seconds. That's, like, a big deal. It's not just like you wasted 15 minutes. It just feels like, cool, I just moved all around the map, got zero kills, and also lost the game. Yeah. And there's just nothing fun about it.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. Now I will say, this has happened to me a lot. I'll do recon strap, and I'll get like second place. And these games are annoying, but I still had fun in these games because we'll get in our little power position or whatever, and we'll like it'll be we'll make it to late game and we'll get a lot of kills, and then we'll just get beat at the end. These don't feel like wastes of time to me. I hate losing, so I'm not happy when this happens, of course. But these are, like, fine with me. Uh, yeah. They're not feedback. ideal, but they're fine. But, again, it's when, like, it's before any fighting has happened. You die. It's so fucking trash. It's so trash. So, there's another con for sure. So, that is that. Um. Okay. So, that is our pros and cons. The next section here, we're going to get into actual strategy, okay? Early game, mid game, late game for both the rush strat and the recon strat. What's your preferred play style?
1: Uh, not like a full-time reconner, that's for sure. I don't mind grabbing recons, but I don't want to play like that every single game and just like go and sit somewhere. I would prefer I prefer rushing, but also like if we're in an area and we're like, um... There's three recons here. We killed everyone. Should we just grab these and do a few? Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. And we go from there.
0: I hear ya. I hear ya. Um, for sure. My strat, my favorite is far and away recons, because I like winning, but...
1: Well, you still don't win when you do them, so I don't know what you mean. That's true. That's true. So,
0: yeah, I will say on the last point for recons, uh... If you're like new to this strategy. You're going to get second place a lot. Because. If you don't know like a lot of the intricacies of how to do this. You're going to play it mostly right. But you're going to fuck something up. And you'll die to the last team. Because by the way. If there's two teams in the final circle. The other guys are good. Because they made it. They made it with you. So if you didn't play this right, odds are high they fuck you up. I've gotten a lot of second places doing Recon strat because of little shit. A lot of times it's because I forgot to buy a gas mask, actually. And then other times it's like we didn't have enough boxes or we chose the wrong building, etc. Yeah. But each time you get a second, I feel, I feel like I've, I learned something most of the times that I get a second. Like, man, we should have done that. I'll remember that for next time. Um, But we've gotten some wins doing Recon Strat too And those are fucking great Dude L2K and I Got the perfect Duos Recon Strat win We did everything By the book dude And it was a good clean win Dude a good clean win Restock clays On top of downtown Armor box, Yikes. ammo box Satchels, self reses, two precisions Sniper SMG or Sniper AR by the fucking books, dude. And it worked swimmingly. And then we just floated into a dub, dude. We just were parachuting down, just floating into a dub. Just (whistles) into the dub. Okay, podcast listeners. We experienced some technical difficulties. And by we, I mean Immigrant.com did. Uh, We have multiple images that we wanted to use in our multimedia presentation that are not working because the literal immigrant website is down so also this is like a very natural breaking point so what we're going to do is we're going to table this the rest of this episode of the program for Saturday at our normal time and here is the the rubric for Saturday we are going to get into uh, the rushing strategy and the reconning strategy. And we split this up into seven parts. We have, again, the Imbiger album with the Rush strategy class setups, perks, types of guns, and we have some discussion to talk about there. And then three other sections for Rush. It's going to be early game strat, mid game strat, late game strat. And then we're going to do the same for other parts for, so eight the same four parts for the recon strategy. Recon class setups, guns, whatever and then early game recon, mid game recon, late game recon So what we're going to do this is actually a great natural breaking point, so thanks Imager. I guess, but that's fine Uh, We'll be doing that on Saturday So that is where we will end uh, this portion of the broadcast and we have a lot to say on the strategy, by the way, it's going to be, it's going to be a thick Saturday episode too. So this will be fun. Uh, so that is that, uh, normally we'd be reading iTunes reviews. There have been none. Go rate us five fucking stars on iTunes now. Do it now. Uh, also reminder, the best way to support the program, patreon.com slash the drop shot five bucks a month four bonus apps a month plus access to the entire back catalog. We also do hangouts. And also, we're going to be adding things to the Patreon very soon. Get in now. Get in now. Because it's only going to get better. We're offering a lot already of fire content. And we're going to be offering even more very soon. Our next Patreon episode is going to be on... We've done two on Warzone. Our next one's going to be on Fireteam and how that's going to relate to Warzone and Fireteam in and of itself, a review of it. And then our fourth one is going to be on... It's going to be spicy. I'll leave it at that. It's going to be spicy. Some special announcements, right? Some special announcements. So, patreon.com slash the drop shop. Best way to support the program. Uh, We appreciate all of our patrons, of course. Uh, And we're going to leave it at that. Um, Also, Ghetto... Thank you again for the gifted tier two Princess Leia, the 500 bits. Thank you, young lady. I appreciate it. A lot of love, a lot of support. Thank you, Miss Leia. And again, excellent, excellent cookies and excellent cake. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. Delicious. Possibly the best cake I've. Yeah, I think either of us have ever had, which is good, uh, but I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate the business. Well, Leia. so thank you very much. Uh, and also fucking Gitto coming in hot. Insane. With five more fucking gifted subs, dude. Let's go, brother. Let's absolutely fucking go. Gitto, thank you. Young man. I appreciate you, dude. I am honored, humbled, and privileged. Thank you for the support, my dude. A uh, lot of support, a lot of love today, guys. For you Europeans watching live, we hope you enjoyed this. Uh, Perhaps we will be doing streams at this time more often. It's possible. Keep your eyes peeled. Uh, It's also possible that we don't. So (laughs) I'm just saying it's possible. I'm not saying it's happening, right? Uh, Anything is technically possible. Anything is, of course, possible. Uh, Home invasion, uh, whatever. Jesus, dude. Anyways. We hope you guys enjoyed. We had a great time. We will be f- wrapping this bitch on Saturday, and uh, that is that. So Tanner, anything to add? No. Oh, I'm sorry, just getting a big fat stretch and God, that felt good. Are oh, you man. live, or are you dumb?
1: I'm dumb. I mean, I'm live. You're both.
0: Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time. Have an excellent evening. And as always, remember, stay humble.
1: Stay humble. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan
0: here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?